Hi there, welcome to a new episode of Lou Reads. Thank you so much for choosing the podcast, but just before we begin, if you're planning on reading the book that we're discussing this episode, maybe don't listen to this one. You don't want anything to get ruined. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Lou Reads. We are back and slightly more tired than before. Um, So as promised last week, we are talking about the lovely bones today and I have the copy next to me and I have my brain and I have a memory that is not tarnished because I haven't seen the film and we're just going to talk. I don't like seeing the films of books because I think it really changes the way you view the book. Um, So for example, the film um, of We Need to Talk About Kevin when I read We Need to Talk About Kevin like four years later, I still had Tilda Swinton in my brain and I still had that sort of, those sort of images. And I mean, that's a, that's a funny one to talk about because um, the, the author said that it was so close to the actual book that she thought it had been like plucked from her brain, the film. One minute, I've got um, pins and needles in my foot. Okay. <laughs> Um, sorry, I was sitting with my legs crossed and my foot decided to give up. But um, yeah, I haven't seen the film The Lovely Bones. And I do what I came to it. So I always want to talk about why I came to this book. I came to this book because I read Room and I thought, that's great. I'm going to get The Lovely Bones because I was just shopping. I was just shopping for books and I get all my books from a secondhand bookshop and um, this was like suggested. And I wanted something else to bulk up the order because otherwise I was only going to get like one book. So I picked up The Lovely Bones. No one has ever talked to me about The Lovely Bones before. I remember vaguely when I was 13, a girl in my class read it and that was it. (laughs) And um, I didn't know what to expect. Didn't know what it was about. Haven't seen the film, as I said. Just I just came to it completely blind, which I think is a very interesting way of coming to a book. And so, um, obviously, I mean, I say at the beginning that, like, if you've not read the book and you're going to read it, don't listen. Please don't listen. Um, but if so, if you've read the book, you'll know that it's a really weird, interesting concept, right? Because it's from a dead girl's point of view. And normally, if you've got a book that's all about murder or a murder that's taken place, what's central is who did it um, and trying to find that out. Um, and so you get this dramatic irony where the whole way through, you know who's done the crime and the whole way through, the narrator knows who's done the crime and the narrator isn't a third person omniscient narrator and they aren't the murderer. So like... Um, in other books, the murderer, you're, like, attached to the murderer. Um, but in this, <laughs> in this book, you are, like, almost, tr- like, because the main character, um, she's Connie, right? Susie. Oh, my goodness. Susie. Yeah, Susie Salmon. Um, Susie is in heaven and she's, or, like, her kind of heaven. And she's, like, screaming to, like her parents like he did it like arrest that man um you are sort of up there too with her being like he did it arrest that man and um it's a very quick way to get you emotionally invested 
but emotional investment is something that I really felt I was lacking when I was reading this book. Um, there's a lot of characters, first of all, and they're all introduced quickly and I get it, it's like a small town vibe and you get a sense of everything and you get a sense of the people and the fact that someone's death is widespread and they, um, you know, lots of people are affected by it. But at the same time, I found it very hard to know who to zero in on and I found it very hard to know who was important and why until like right at the end of the book where I was like, oh, that makes sense, you know? <laughs> um, I also, so that limited, sorry, that limited my um, attachment to characters, but also I just like didn't care about most of her family and I don't know why. And I, well, I do know why, what I think why is that because um, there's like an emotional detachment throughout the novel in terms of like their daughter has been murdered. So you only see them dealing with that right you only see them through the lens of the murder and yeah um Susie recalls all these things like how her dad used to drive her past the high school and you know what her mother was like and you like you um you learn loads about them right you learn that her mother was really intelligent and wanted to continue studying but then she had children and she stopped and things like that um I don't think (laughs) that that made me care about them because they were never actively characters untarnished by being dead, by um, Susie's death. Um, What I mean by that is that they're always seen through this lens of loss and it's very grey as a novel. If I had to choose a colour, I probably say this all the time, but I would choose grey. It's very sad, very low, very like shuffling about (laughs) um as a novel and so because of that I mean like what what have the what has what have the characters got to lose right um let's just think of a, a book right and the girls um our main character our protagonist she has so much to lose because she's finally found a place to fit in right in conversations with friends our main character, our protagonist, has so much to lose because she's in this relationship and she doesn't want it to end, but it's, it's rocky, right? Um, in Room, they have so much to lose, right? Ma has, like, through the escape, um, Jack and Ma have their relationship, it's, like, crumbling and it's strained by being outside of Room, and then in the escape, they could die, there's loads at stake. In The Lovely Bones, in a way, you can say, like, Susie's memory is at stake, getting justice for Susie is at stake, but you never get the sense that anything will be lost if they don't, because Susie is just watching, right? Susie is in heaven, and or she is there above them watching, and as a result, you know she's okay, if you know what I mean. Like, um, you know that she's fine. I don't know if, also, by the way, I don't know if I've missed a massive trick because, so my boyfriend's mum is part of a book club and she, sorry, there's people talking outside, if you can hear that. But um, my boyfriend's mum's part of a book club and she'd read The Lovely Bones and we were talking about it and I was halfway through and she was like, oh, you know, the bit where she's in heaven. Oh, well, when you think she's in heaven. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I've not got to that bit yet. 
and then I was reading waiting for this reveal and I don't think the reveal ever happened I mean I think the reveal's like meant to be the bit where she like falls out of the sky which lost me but not enough for me to stop reading by that point um yeah I couldn't get emotionally invested with the characters um because that wasn't really anything at stake and if, if I had to change the the novel somehow um I suppose you could also say that what's at stake is that someone would get away with her murder um and he he does right as far as I can remember (laughs) um my brain's so fuzzy and foggy I can't remember but um I don't think it was like a book that like had me wanting to know what happened next it was like a quiet book that being said, I finished it and I've been putting books down over and over again. As I said last time in my little like um, filling, like little I'm back um, recording, um, like I'm giving books 100 pages. And I think that this book is one that I don't know. Sorry, that click was my hip. Oh, my goodness. Um, but um, I don't know why this book I wanted to keep reading, but I definitely did. Um, I really liked some of the characters. I liked Susie's sister. I think she's really nice. I liked Susie's grandma and like how she put makeup on everyone. Um, Susie's mum pissed me off (laughs) um, a little bit. She annoyed me. Um, And like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. She annoyed me um, because I think she just was like, nothingy she's a woman defined by her loss right she's defined by she lost her career um or her education because she had children she lost her daughter she lost a whole sense of herself and as a result she rebels and she moves out to california and leaves her children her remaining son and daughter who are still quite young and vulnerable she just completely abandons them um and works at a vineyard which i think is really weird um I don't know and then like returns and then the police the police officer with his dead his is it his dead daughter no he had someone die didn't he he has the photos right he's got grief of his own is the important takeaway from that um so here's a book like riddled with grief and loss but then you're sort of like well the worst has happened for these characters right what's gonna happen now what's the worst that can happen Um, so I felt a bit like when I was reading it, like, where's this going to go? Um, and I felt a bit like, you know, like, (laughs) what else is there to say after chapter one? And I was hoping something really exciting would happen. Um, but for me, it never sort of came to fruition and I wish it got pushed a little bit more. The first chapter of this book, however, is so good. Um, I was in tears reading it. It's really, really distressing if you have sort of like, um, if things like this trigger you, I'm sure that it's a very distressing thing. And Alice Sebold actually, is it Sebold or Sebold? She wrote Lucky, which is sort of about herself and her own experience, um, with sort of assault and definitely The Lovely Bones deals with that in the first the first chapter it's a really good opening to a novel the first line um can you hear my book <laughs> the first line my name was salmon like the fish first name susie i was 14 when i was murdered on december 6 1973 
right? That gets you in. And then um, you're in quite a lot because then she's she's dead, right? By page 15, she's died. Um, and yeah, <laughs> she's dead. And so, okay, 15 pages in, you're like, oh, wow, something weird's going to happen. I thought he was going to be a serial killer and she has to watch all these other people get murdered. He is a serial killer, but she doesn't not... Does she watch them get murdered or have they already been murdered? See, this is why I shouldn't take long breaks from Lou Reed's because I can't remember what happened. Um, but I thought, like, she would be, like, she'd be able to prevent murders when she's in heaven or she's, like, actually not in heaven. I thought they were a massive twist that, like, she's in purgatory and, I don't know, something like that. Um... But it just never came. I think this book is good, though. I'm just trying to figure out why I kept reading it. If I, could, I didn't care about the characters. And the fact, by the way, that I've forgotten so much is proof to you that I, I there was something missing because it didn't make it stick, right? The fact that I'm like, is did she remember them being murdered? Did she see it? Da -da -da. Like, what's going on? Like, I can tell you exactly what happens in conversations with friends. I know I keep talking about conversations with friends, but I can. I can tell you exactly what happened. And that's because it was a good book and it had me engaged. And they go to France and they stay at their friend's house. And then they go to the beach and she gets out of the beach and she's in her swimming costume and they're all being flirty. Like, I can tell you exactly what happened with conversations with friends. But in The Lovely Bones, which arguably, like, has more potential for plot, right? Um, in the grand scheme of things. This is about murder. Conversation with Friends is about just, like, having an affair. Obviously, both of them have plot. But this one... Um, sorry, I've just got an email. Um, this one... I just... I just... I, there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing um, that I can remember. And I think that that's the true and, like, indicative of the way the characters are drawn. And the way that the events happen, the events are sort of all the same colour. There's no light and shade, and that's why it's a grey book. There's no light and shade, and they're all sort of, um, they're all sort of the same. The funeral has the same tone. Her mum being in California has the same tone. Looking at the pictures on the wall, the etchings that they did at the graveyard has the same tone. Her... Her watching from heaven has the same tone, you know. It's it's all one colour. Um, and it never really gets tense. The bit that should be really tense is the bit where her little sister goes into the man who murder her, murdered her house, right? That should be really tense and she falls out the window and I was reading it like, okay. There was just something, a spark missing and I think it's because it's a very gentle novel. That being said... I did actually quite like it. Um, I think you have to... Maybe it's a multiple reader. Maybe you have to read it a few times. Or maybe I just was coming from such a high with having loved the girls so much and having loved... You know, I'd read all these books like We Need to Talk About Kevin and that really pulled me in. And this one, because those were all so fast and like... Especially we need to talk about Kevin so full of little weird creepy events that you read and you're like, ugh, maybe, um, maybe it was because of that. I would read it again though. 
I would read it again, but I wouldn't want to read it again quick, like, soon. Maybe in five years I would pick it up and be like, oh, I'll read this again. Um, if you are writing an opening, read this opening, is what I have to say. It is such a good opening. <laughs> I love it. I still remember it. I still, that is the, the standout point of the book, which is kind of sad for the rest of the book and the ending, and I don't really remember how it ends, and I think they buy a little ha a house, someone buys a house, and it's there in the rain, <laughs> but um, the opening I remember so clearly, because I remember reading it and being, thinking like, this is amazing, it's really good writing, it's really heartbreaking, it's really, really sad, and um, It absolutely sort of encapsulates, it's a short story in itself, right, the opening, it's a short story in itself, and it encapsulates um, the tone of the novel quite well, um, I think it's more fast-paced than the rest of the book, which is kind of a shame, because then we don't get any change of pace, um, I'm saying the same things over and over again, um, but yeah, definitely if you're trying to write an opening and you have nothing to talk about, I would or you feel like you're lost and you don't know what to do, I would definitely look at The Lovely Bones because it tells you how to do that thing, which is start with the most interesting thing, which is really difficult, right? Um, because you want you want to build up to that. You would want to build up to the murder, but this works by starting with the murder. And yes, it was, it was some like a little bit flat, but it did push that sort of narrative into unusual territory. So I think I would give this, do I do out of five? Oh god, it's been so long. I'd give this three and a half slash four stars out of five. Because I do remember enjoying it and I have a low tolerance for enjoyment. However, I think it could be pushed a little bit more. No book is perfect. Um, and I'm obviously picking holes because I want to talk about them. But that is my feeling. Um, and if you absolutely disagree with me come and talk to me about it on twitter my at is at lou wilmot lou l-o-u wilmot w-i-l-l-m-o-t-t i actually have an instagram now which is pinned on my twitter um where i sort of just put up pictures of me living my life and lots of songs that i listen to so if you want to know what like i look like um or if you want to know what i'm listening to uh, or um the things I've seen, <laughs> um, definitely go there. Um, I'm not going to give you that name for it purely because I might change the name. And so I'm going <laughs> to leave it, leave it vague and just, you can go via the link in my Twitter. But, um, if you also have any recommendations for books, let me know on social media. And if you have any questions or you're or if you were like, oh, could you do a theme? That would be great. If you were like, maybe I'll do this anyway. I'm just coming up with ideas on the spot. <laughs> like, um, actually, if you'd be interested in episodes where I do a theme, so I'm like, okay, we're going to look at really good openings. Definitely, I would like to do that. Um, so let me know if you're interested in that. But I will, for now, I will see you next week where we're going to be talking about my year of rest and relaxation. Um, which will be a challenge because I still don't have the book back. My cousin has it <laughs> and I don't want to nag her for it because she is reading. She wants to take her time. She doesn't run a reading podcast. Um, she can read books whenever she wants. But um, I will see you next week. And thank you so much for listening if you've made it this far. <laughs> Bye.